Hey, can I tell you a secret? The secret to getting a great shave without any nicks, cuts, or irritation isn't three or four blades, a soap strip, or a swivel head. It's just supporting the blade. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's just supporting the blade. Don't let it flex or bend. That's the secret to limiting shaving irritation. At Henson Shaving, we use our 20 years of aerospace manufacturing to keep the blade from moving. It's not the coolest answer, but it's the right one. To learn more and to get 100 blades for free, go to hensonshaving.com holiday. Hey, can I tell you a secret? The secret to getting a great shave without any nicks, cuts, or irritation isn't three or four blades, a soap strip, or a swivel head. It's just supporting the blade. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's just supporting the blade. Don't let it flex or bend. That's the secret to limiting shaving irritation. At Henson Shaving, we use our 20 years of aerospace manufacturing to keep the blade from moving. It's not the coolest answer, but it's the right one. To learn more and to get 100 blades for free, go to hensonshaving.com holiday. The Custard TV Podcast. Talk about the best and the worst on the box. It's the Custard TV Live, as we're calling it from now on. My name is Luke. I'm the editor of the website, thecustardtv.blogspot.com. And as last week, I'm joined by Gary. Good evening. Uh, my name is Gary. I'm the TV editor for culturehound.co.uk. Uh, and also the producer of the podcast is Tanise. Hello, I'm Tanise. I'm not an editor, I'm just a lonely writer. Um, but I get all the most on the Custard TV website. And to what's be good fair, about it is she's not bitter. Me and either. Luke don't have much to edit, so. <laughs> yeah. Just think of it as you're providing us with something to do. Okay. Okay, so well, how this is going to work, I'm, we're going to talk about um, some things that are on TV, some things that are going to be on TV. Just give our opinions. If you want to interact, all three of our Twitter feeds are open and uh, you can get in touch with us like that. So the first thing I wanted to talk about was on Thursday night, BBC Two, Louis Theroux's back with a series called Extreme Love. First episode is on autism. Uh, that was on last Thursday. Next one's about dementia and will be on this Thursday on BBC Two at nine. We've seen a lot of programmes of late about autism, and I'm a huge Louis Theroux fan, so, uh, you know, it was, it's a subject that I feel we can always learn something about, and without going too in-depth about autism as a condition, let's just look at this as a TV programme, as a documentary on its own. What did you make of it, Gary? Um, I thought it was excellent. I thought some of it was quite uncomfortable. Uh, Louis likes to go for realism, and, and you know, I get the impression that everything you see is everything they recorded at times. So occasionally, when some of the autistic children were having fits, you noticed even Louis was very reticent, was, was doing that very male thing of, can I help or can I bring a cushion, you know? And what, what you really wanted to capture was the full kind of... Uh, not horror being the wrong word the full experience of what these parents and families go through uh with with these children i mean it was it was uncomfortable yet extremely engrossing it was it was the most real out of all of yeah. these documentaries that i've seen for a long time louis theroux has this great apathy with with whatever he's he's talking about and he, he i think he was think slightly out of there. his depth he was slightly out of his depth with, with this subject. But by the end, I think he understood a lot more. I think he knew how to interact. And there were some really touching and at times really funny moments throughout it as well. Did you find it slightly funny as well? 
there were some very some bits of genuine humour when he was sitting in the back of the car and they that were was dancing along to, yeah. to the Mexican music and they were doing it entire. It was it was really endearing and entertaining and and shows you that. Um, and again, I don't I don't want to say it shows you that they're no. normal because it's not the right phrase, but it shows you that there was genuinely humorous moments in in what was quite a dark piece overall. And um, what I liked the, about it is that he didn't talk down to the audience. He didn't talk down to the parents. It was just all very straightforward, just showing it as it was. It wasn't it wasn't pandering to anybody. It wasn't all look at these people. I just found it genuinely moving, genuinely sweet, and it taught me something new about a subject that I thought I'd seen mm. a lot of. And actually, genuinely, he didn't talk as much as I have seen him in other documentaries. He he kind of felt looked and felt uncomfortable himself. I mean, here is a man who's confronted neo-Nazis and, and, and very dangerous hate groups, and yet he was very apprehensive to get involved or really do too much. He really just wanted to sort of, like, you know, experience it himself. He has said uh, that his upcoming documentary on dementia, was he felt a little bit uncomfortable. He perhaps thinks it was a mistake for him to go into. But I don't think there's a subject that I wouldn't feel comfortable with him telling me about, really. I just feel instantly comfortable when he's there. And I th he's got a very calming um, feel about him whenever he's on screen. I I've not missed a single documentary he's done. Of course, ones have been better than others. I think this one may have been close to his best yet. Mm. It's interesting that you say um, that he, you think he approaches these kind of subjects well, but I agree with you. <clears throat> I had a conversation with someone on Twitter recently who said he was quite apprehensive um, about the Louis Theroux documentary because he thought that perhaps he might over oversimplify things. No, that, no and that's, that's why I didn't like it. That, I mean, that's why I liked it. It didn't do that. I think whoever you spoke to on Twitter was perhaps right to have that concern but actually I, I think Gary would agree that it wasn't it wasn't saying this is what autism is and this is what you should do and it was, it was just shooting it as it was or that's mm. how it felt to me definitely I, I, I don't feel I don't feel that anybody who had nothing knew nothing about autism would have sat there and gone oh now I feel I know everything he didn't try and teach he didn't try and educate he literally was just showing the experiences that took place at this one school and I think the one thing that you realize is that a the parents need need help and need medals for what they do but the school was so clever and inventive you know ways in which they they handle it you know they, there was a real kind of idea that this isn't just about how the kids ent interact in this school. There was the whole idea about how they interact out in the world. World, you know, when they reach, you know, what, what they called age, where they would either move on out into the world or to another school, they they really were looking at the next steps from almost the days they were, you know, first starting the school. They weren't looking at keeping autistic children with other autistic children. They were the looking at how to integrate them into the rest of the country. Possibly the most That's interesting really bit, not not about autism, but possibly the most interesting bit actually was seeing Louis really uncomfortable when uh, the boy found his Wikipedia page. Yeah, sure, yeah, I saw that bit definitely. And he That's he's somebody who you don't see in interviews. He's not somebody he's on Twitter, but he's not all over it promoting things. And that was possibly interesting to see him, you know, uncomfortable in that way because I don't think he views himself as a celebrity at all or a well-known person. And that interested no. me a lot. It's it's come sometimes nice to see the tables turned on someone, um, yeah. and see and see kind of how they react to the same treatment that they give others. Not not that he gives anyone any particular hard time or anything, but just to see him 
interview just as he is. But but his style has changed a lot over the years, though, too. I mean, I think the fr- the person on Twitter who mentioned he might simplify it, he used to do tongue-in-cheek, perhaps even silly at times, documentaries about wrestling and about this and that. And, and his style has changed a lot as he's grown older, and I think it suits him really well, this sort of thing. I think it's less kind of um, look at these odd people and more kind of look at these interesting people now. His style now actually represents what I think is is the style of a guy called John Ronson, who uh, did oh, a number of documentaries. Yeah, and did a number of documentaries. Yeah, I, I really like his stuff that he did on the conspiracy theories with David. Yes, I just I've just read them by him. It's brilliant. Oh, good. And if you ever get if you've not watched them, he he does a wonderful show on uh, on David Icke, where whatever you feel about David Icke, he shows him as a human being. And you can't help but empathise with this man who clearly has gone through a number of problems in his life and he's still dealing with that. And I think Louis has, has kind of watched John Ronson's style of that kind of, that, you know, it's almost like the Ricky Gervais, he likes the uncomfortable moments and that's his style. I wondered I whether it was important human. to, sorry, go on. It's a very human style, though, really. It's, it's taking, it's being as out of the picture mm. as a presenter as you can be without being completely absent and just a voiceover. It's, it's, it's teasing out those details that other presenters who are perhaps more egotistical wouldn't be able to do. Yeah. I think that's his real, the, the real benefit to I- Louis Theresa over someone else. I could see a time where actually he takes his name out of the show, where actually, and I don't think it's an egotistical thing that he calls it Louis Theroux, I think he just realises that that actually does get people watching, people know who he is, they like his stuff, but I could see a time where actually he moves on and does stuff that doesn't have his name attached to it, but he is still the central cat, you know, he's still involved. It might not even be his decision to have his name in there, it may be a channel decision to to draw an audience in, you know, like you've got... Trevor McDonald in the Mediterranean kind yeah. of thing. To bring this to a close, does it bother either of you that all of his all of his documentaries and all of the subjects that he tackles are set in America? I mean, autism isn't something that only affects uh, Americans. It could it could have done a similar documentary uh, no. set, set in the UK. Does it, it does that add anything extra to it? Knowing that it's in the states, for me, it doesn't particularly. But it doesn't bother me one way or another. It's a shame that he never comes, you know, over to the UK or or does a documentary set in the UK or anywhere else in America. And I'm not sure why all these things are set in the States. It might just be extremes. Because mm. in America, you do have these extremes in, um, in a lot of things that may be ethnocentric of me to, to say this. But they there are um, perhaps um, also because it's more some areas of of, um, of schooling, for example, might be um, more progressive than they have over here. Some of them might be more behind. So that might be why he's done it there. That I wasn't Louis well, on the phone, was it, then? That no, you, no when I, you, I, yeah. he's, he's not texting at the moment. <laughs> uh, I, th- I think as well, and I, I agree with Denise, I think just America gives you a broader range of characters and, and contrasts and contrasts because I think you have got very opposing views in the same town and city, uh, which I don't necessarily think you don't get in the UK, but I think America gives you much more of a, a wide range to deal with 
and and I think as well, I think taking it out of the UK allows us to watch it maybe without that kind of like, oh, this is going on in my backyard, back garden. It allows you to appreciate it for a piece of journalism rather than you know feeling bad for bad for people or you know bad for certain situations. If you'd like to get in touch with us on the subject of Louis Theroux or something that you've uh, watched this week that you'd like our opinions on or you'd like to put forward, just get in touch uh, via Twitter or via my email address, lukeinthecustard at gmail.com. This is the Custard TV Podcast. So today, the BAFTA nominations were revealed and the ceremony itself will take place in London on the 27th of May. The leading actor category is particularly difficult. Benedict Cumberbatch is up for Sherlock, Dominic West for Appropriate Adult, John Sim for Exile, and Joseph Gillen for This Is England 88. Huge series this year, and uh, this category just shows the calibre of great drama we have on our screens at the moment. My pick, though, it's surely got to be Benedict Cumberbatch for Sherlock. <laughs> Best drama series this year is another category full of strong contenders. Uh, recently, act series The Fades, interestingly enough, is up for a BAFTA. Misfits, and Scott and Bailey, and Spooks. Now, a lot of people might expect me to go for Misfits or even Spooks as the last series aired on a Sunday night last year but actually my favourite in this category is Leslie Sharp and Saran Jones together Scott and Bailey's one of my favourite series of the year and it has to win drum series for international programme this year it's a really really strong strong category Borgen The Killing Modern Family and The Slap I enjoyed The Slap from Australia from ABC uh, I haven't seen The Killing, I know I should be struck down, and Modern Family, I know people rave about it, um, so I can't really say what my pick is for this, but I'm sure The Killing will wipe the floor. And finally, a look at Best Comedy, where there's nominations for BBC Two's Bev, BBC One's Mrs. Brown's Boys, and two for Channel 4, as Fresh Meat and Friday Night Dinner both get deserving nominations. Slightly disappointed there was no nominations for Sky One's The Cafe or Stella, which I really enjoyed this year, but if I had to pick a winner out of this category, it's got to be Friday Night Dinner. I know a lot of people berated it, but I really enjoyed it, and it's coming back for a second series in the Autumn and a Christmas special as well, so Channel 4 must have uh, a lot of faith in the series. So Friday Night Dinner there. So there you have it, a brief look at the BAFTA nominations. For the full list of nominees, you can go to the website, thecustardtv.blogspot.com, and the award ceremony itself will take place on the 27th of May on BBC One. This is the Custard TV Podcast. Thanks for joining us. It is the Custard TV Live. Gary's here, Tanise is here, and I'm here. And speaking of Gary, you wanted to talk Hello. about... Hello, it's you again. <laughs> You're still here. Oh, uh, sorry. You, you wanted to talk. <laughs> you wanted to talk about the bridge and two broke girls. But before you do, we have oh, a bye. huge announcement to make. We do. Yeah. Shall I? Shall I, shall I tell the uh, the listeners? Please uh, do. Both, I think of, both of them. Uh, yeah. Tell all three of them. Tell all three of them. Uh, I found out at the weekend whilst watching the voice, which will come into a moment, that I can actually do a very good Tom Jones impression. I made oh. made my family. Lo- roll around uh, in the front room uh, uh, based on that. Very, very witty. So <laughs> Whatever you do with your podcast, weekends. <laughs> but later on in this podcast, I'll be doing my world famous Tom Jones impression. I hope you. So are, stay you here, are. ladies and gentlemen, for stay- Gary Does Sir Tom. That's right. 
uh, fight. Now, on to two excellent television programs that I watched in the since our last show. One was the Danish-Swedish program called The Bridge, which I talked a little bit about last week. And I'm happy to report that the first two episodes, the first episode of which gained over a million viewers on BBC4, which is brilliant and actually beat out uh, the, the Killing 2 uh, which was on earlier in uh, later last year, so it's actually come with a, a big impact. Um, not to give too much away, because I do heartily recommend that you go and watch this. And it's one of these shows where, if you can avoid the spoilers, it makes much more a thing. It, it's a it's a reveal show, so the, the shocks and the uh, the bits in it make you want to watch it more. But I would say that this is a mixture of kind of you know the the killing because of the, the you know where it's based in in Denmark, but it's also got an element of of the film Seven which when you watch the program you'll realize why and also it's got um it's got to say it's got to say it's got a little bit of um die hard 3 die harder uh, that kind of like going around different places finding different clues and moving on to the next bit it's on bbc4 it's on nine o'clock on sat on saturdays but obviously you can get it uh on the iplayer as well and i believe really though bbc4 Generally, though, BBC Four, it's really good at getting the right acquisitions, isn't it? Because BBC Two struggled last year with Pan Am, and BBC Mm. Four seems to pick the right things for its audience, and the audience always appreciate it. Definitely, I read a very good article in the Radio Times um, by written by the uh, commissioning editor for BBC Four on how she goes out and watches all these, you know, uh, foreign programs because they don't have the money to buy the big American shows anymore. They go out and buy these programs, they heavily research them, and they bring people, you know, what they believe is the best. And I believe the bridge is brilliant, and I heartily recommend you go and watch it. Um, Another one that I looked into this week was a comedy from the US. I started on E4 last week. It's on Thursdays at 9 o'clock. It uh, was uh, a program called Two Broke Girls. This is a huge hit in America on CBS, and it follows the lives of roommates Max and Caroline uh, as a girl who is poor and a girl who becomes broke. So she's uh, the, the rich girl become broke. It's an old, you know, I'm sure Shakespeare did a story around I that. I don't sure. think I've ever seen anything with know? that premise before. That seems so <laughs> original, it's untrue. I know. That also uh, broke in at just over a million, which again, E4 is pretty good, and it did have a huge run-in of uh, the very successful Big Bang Theory. Well, not only before. that, I think it's the biggest American import for E4 since Glee. So that's mm. saying something. Whether those people will tune into it and go, oh, well, it's just, yeah, it's about to broke us, it's not that great, and then not tune in next week is uh, remains to be seen, it's- I suppose. It's difficult. Comedy, comedy more than drama is very much more subjective. You know, you watch it. If you laugh, you're going to watch it again. If you don't laugh, if you don't like the jokes like we talked about with Derek last week, you're probably not going to watch it again. So it's very difficult to get other people in, in what you consider to be funny because it's very, very, you know, very objective. Um, so but I would I would recommend that if you like a, a gentle American comedy. Uh, along the lines, say, well, you know, it's bad to say friends, but if you like stuff like The, the Big Bang Theory and um, How I Met Your Mother, then this is a, probably a good addition to uh, to what you watch. Also, I think is it's it always interesting. Like, sorry, sorry, go on. Is it a bit like the uh, Paris Hilton and Nicole Richie thing? That's what I imagine it's like. There is a little bit of that. I mean, the rich girl is very much a kind of Paris Hilton ripoff. Um, so, but in a in, not in an obvious way, not like she is blonde and thick. She is quite clever, actually. It's just that she has been made poor by uh, her family. Um, so it, it's not quite that kind of Mickey take. So you you can sort of you know get used to the characters a little bit. Okay. 
it's, worth, it's, it it's worth a go. Yeah, check it out and let us know what you think. Also, people berate things like not going out for having too many gags, just being gag, 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 laughter, gag, laughter, gag. This is what American sitcoms are about. Two broke girls, whether you laugh at each joke or not, there are a lot of jokes in there. The audience mm. is, it's not, a, it's not, a, it's a live studio audience in LA. It's not canned laughter as a phrase people love to use. It is a live studio audience. But they do rely heavily on the gags. There's a lot of gags in Two Broke Girls. Not everyone can can be a hit, but it is huge in the States, and I think E4 have done right buying it, but it's not my personal taste, I would say. Yeah, I, I, I would say, yeah, it's not going to fit everybody, but um, I, I think it's good that they brought it, and it's good that people are starting to watch it, so good for those things. Do you want Do you want the Tom Jones impression now, or, or a bit well, later? Well, I don't know. Tanisha, are you excited about the Tom Jones impression? I'm a bit excited, because he said that he had his family rolling around the floor, so I've cleared his face. Right, excellent. For my ruffling. Just okay. for health and safety, um, that I don't want no, no sharp implements around you. I don't want you hitting your head. I tell you what, we'll save it. Like we'll that, save so. it. We'll save it. Save, save it. All right, fair because enough. Because I, I know you, I have just recovered from your Jesse J impression, so I don't <laughs> well, really want. I, you know, about, I have yet about... to be able to clear a space like Tanisha because I'm running things here. My clearing time is less than Tanisha's, so. Give me more next time, we'll save do, it. Next week I'll do Will I Am, yeah? I'll, I'll get the Will I Am perfected, and maybe one well, week we can just sort of you know, have all four of them. Well, Jessie J did, a, did an impression of Will I Am, didn't she, this weekend? To be fair, your standard impression of Will I Am is you just have to speak very laconically and put put the end of every sentence. Just don't. So, That's what he said. But Denise, let's just talk very briefly about the voice. The spinning chairs are gone. It's now singing in a boxing ring. Uh, and you... You don't sound like you were that impressed. No, I'm, I'm really struggling with the voice. My mum hates it. My dad really likes it. Why does your um, mum hate really, it? Um, we just find it boring. And, and it seems like um, this week it seemed like a com- uh, competition to see how many people could scream the most vowels at each other. Um, it was The problem with a battle is the very idea that you must um, outperform the other person. So it was all about not holding your tone, doing the kind of Mariah Carey-like singing. Can I make a rule that she's never mentioned on one of our podcasts ever again? That's the one and only time you'll hear Mariah Carey mentioned on here. Her name just sent shivers down my spine. I have to admit, I, 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 there was a little bit of that. I didn't realise there were 50 vowels in the word ironic. Um, but, uh, but, but... Oh, I think the thing is, and I, originally I thought, oh, this isn't going to be great, but there was some redeeming features. You did, you did find there was some shocking um, uh, decisions. I felt a couple of decisions were very controversial. But I know that from watching The X Factor, sometimes you see that and you see people going... Clearly, they should have been through. And then when you get to the live shows, you realise, oh, OK, these, these coaches do know what they're talking about. So I think the problem was there was too many rap... I was going to call them rap battles. They're not rap battles. These battles. They could have spread this over two... Hey, can I tell you a secret? The secret to getting a great shave without any nicks, cuts, or irritation isn't three or four blades, a soap strip, or a swivel head. It's just supporting the blade. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's just supporting the blade. Don't let it flex or bend. 
That's the secret to limiting shaving irritation. At Henson Shaving, we use our 20 years of aerospace manufacturing to keep the blade from moving. It's not the coolest answer, but it's the right one. To learn more and to get 100 blades for free, go to hensonshaving.com slash holiday. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day, lo. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Weeks. And the only problem was I felt very much like I'd lost a lot of interest in these people's, any people's backstories. I'd complete, some of them, I, learned, I went, well, who's that? I don't remember them in the show. I don't remember them being there. I was going to say, I yeah. don't have anything invested in people. I don't know who they are. Um... And that might be because we think they want to try and sell it on the we, ha- we don't have sub story. But without sub story, how do you start to distinguish the men apart? I mean, there were a lot of tweets about, oh, it's a Matt Card loss, because they were just bland, boring people yeah. you didn't know anything about. Well, the ratings are still huge. And, yeah, uh, definitely. They're yeah. still huge. It's still not, it's the biggest success for the BBC in ten years on this sort of style of show. I know Strictly did ever so well, but that's now just part of the furniture. We know that, and the voice is just huge. It's it's still beating Britain's Got Talent. That's not to say that Britain's Got Talent isn't good this year. It's just the voice has more interest. It's just interesting. Do you think it's lack of swivel chairs for you, Gary? That you need a swivel no, chair. No, well, see, I was never. I, I, to me, the swivel chair thing is a little bit, a little bit gimmicky. I actually prefer the kind of like talking behind. I like the idea of turning round and seeing them once you know that you're going to put them through, because it takes away the sob story and it takes away the image which the X Factor definitely goes for. But I, I quite like the battles. I just think it was too many of them. And I think I agree with Denise. There was too much over over singing. There was too much of. I've many and the, and. The two girls that were a, uh, were a, a team, they complained oh. too much for me. They were like, well, she's getting the best bits. I'm like, well, she's better than you two. Step up. This you was know. Becky, wasn't it? The, yeah. the girl who went through Becky had a terrible speaking voice, um, but sung amazingly. She was yeah. the only one that I really paid attention to. But those looks, the idea is that, you know, there's real... Uh, content between them and it's all fake and it's not it's not real they really all love each other but if you if you spotted while they were at the piano with their, their coach yeah. um, and their sidekick uh, that was real contempt in those girls eyes the blonde one really hated Becky you could see that so I, I like the fact there was some drama finally at last I think some people like, like us me. yeah like me were you a little bit disappointed about the coach's special people I mean, we got we got Paloma Faith, who is a bit of a nutcase. We got who else did we get? The, the woman out of um, uh, the scissors. Yeah, fair enough. Um, I've completely forgotten. Oh well, Tom Jones had the woman from Catatonia, um, and um, and then the the non-singing fifth member of Peace. I wanted, oh, I wanted Fergie or something. You know, I wanted somebody. You know, he talked a lot about Michael Jackson. Why couldn't he have brought in a Jackson? <laughs> <laughs> I thought you expected Michael Jackson to turn up, man. 
Well, I think it would have been slightly more impressed if he'd done that. And, you know, and then Tom Jones was talking about, you know, his Elvis. And who does he bring in? You know, some Welsh woman. Like, come but on. But he also knows the singer of Road Rage. Oh. I don't know. I think the, the viewing figures will stay top. Um, Jesse J is the is the um, the voice coach that has benefited it benefited from it the most. Her singles mm. are still rising high in the charts. The album's been bought over and over again since the voice started. It's also become the biggest thing on iPlayer uh, since yep. Sherlock, which is again huge. Uh, my problem with it at this stage is just that it, it demands a lot of viewers. It it takes up a lot of time. It wants you to invest a lot of time in it. And, uh, you know, that's why two hours at Top of the Pops wouldn't work. Because, really, you don't want to watch two hours of people singing, really, if you're mm. honest. You'd rather have it broken up a bit. Um, but it's oh, nice to have a music show on. Yeah, I mean, Britain's Got Talent did well this week. I mean, it was much closer to the voice in the ratings than previous. I don't think it was the world's best show. There was a, a few good acts, but not much. And, and I was left a little bit disappointed by The Apprentice. But I think cause there was lots of the voice I felt a bit that it was almost sandwiched a little bit well the, the I thing is I think what drives me mad about The Apprentice okay it's the fact that you can win by default that team who won this week did not deserve that win at no. all they didn't sell the product as they were instructed if they sold it as a child program then fair enough the only reason they won that is because it, they just that they would take it but adapt it that's not a win I was very much in favour of I was hoping that Lord Sugar would say actually I tell you what stuff the figures I'll charge your team lost because sure. you're right it, it, it was a complete sham of the fact that that team fell apart didn't sell yet got lucky with the fact that one of the major retailers saw a bit of something in it that take and change sure I mean that wouldn't happen with the products that only no. happen because it's a service if they'd have taken, say, um, the Baby Shield from, yeah. um, from one of the other ones and said, OK, we're going to completely adapt this um, and we'll buy a license from you to adapt it, that wouldn't have been the same. They won because of that. Mm, so I just think agree. it's very unfair. And that's what really annoys me about The Apprentice um, because it, it just was completely unfair. They didn't deserve to win. It was an awful, pro it was an awful um, product. The video was terrible and cheesy and... I can't imagine, and, and the fact that um, this guy was pulling figures out of out of the air for for the products, uh, for the yeah, the prices, for the yeah. equipment. The only thing I'm going to say is when he when he gets fired, it's going to be a great show because I believe he's going to go out in a blaze of glory. What I he's loved gonna... was just Azia in the boardroom looking really uncomfortable when they played the video back. He looks so <laughs> awkward. It's this sort of broad Birmingham accent. Or do you want to get fit and burn off calories? You and know, look like an idiot terrible. while you do it. Yeah. Yeah. Easy. Easy. Three hundred calories as well. That's a bold claim. I hope they could back that up with some science. The skeptic in me came out there. <laughs> oh dear. So I tell you what. what but this now? was well. You say yeah, Tom Jones' impression well, now, but, but I don't know. Maybe. I don't know. Well, no, I, I think really what, why, why don't you go to a break? I'll clear my throat and get ready. 
Well, when we come back, I really want to talk about what's in a name. How important is a TV show name? That's what we're talking about. This is the Custard TV Live. This is the Custard TV Podcast. What is in a name? Does a name put you off a TV? Can you just... I was great at that. We just came back from an ad. I said, we're going live. And then I just went straight into it. Like a real Philip Schofield. Uh, what is... <laughs> What is in a name? Does the name of a TV show put you off or does it draw you in? Uh, We spoke briefly about this on the website when uh, Channel 4 brought out new dating series The Undateables earlier on in the year, earlier on in the month, I should say. Uh, But now they've surpassed themselves with awful TV names, with a TV show that will be on in the autumn uh, that is a prank show where a disabled person pranks an able-bodied person under the title, I'm Spasticus. Now, when I read this, I was appalled. It's a, just an awful phrase. What purpose does it serve? Does it, it Because like the Undateables, that belittled that show. It gave people an impression of it that it really wasn't. Because when you watched it, it was about lovely people. It was quite warm. And the Undateables just made you think of people with horns growing through their heads and B.O. It was just terrible and how important is the name to you guys well the problem is with the, the, the spastic thing is that in the 70s the, the word spastic was was commonly used because they believed that there was the spastic society it was only kind of in the early 80s and 90s that that the word became more sort of like a, a an unacceptable word so they're trying to kind of slowly play on that I, now I, I, to me sometimes a television program will make me not watch it based on its name i mean there's something on bbc3 called i have to make sure i get this right is it marry snog avoid or snog it is, marry avoid? It, yeah, it's not marry. Yes. And and I'm afraid that program name just makes me want avoid it. I mean, at, at other programs that you know, America they have BBC Three. I cup gay, stop stutter, uh, don't tell the bride. Those those names don't make me want to watch a program. But I'm sure some of them are very good. In fact, actually, I, I have been told that Don't Tell the Bride is an excellent premise for a show. It is. It is a good premise. But the other thing, of course, was one that, one that sprang to mind last year was. Was, was one I was very keen for Denise to see called Educating Essex, which was putting cameras in a, in a um, secondary school. It was just capturing the everyday life. But you, but you initially thought, oh, Educating Essex, this is going to be some Only Way is Essex you know, spin-off or something. So the name did it no favours there. I think that's a really good example, actually. Um, perhaps better the undateables um and um i'm spasticus and i'll tell you what i'm going to be a bit subversive on this Uh-oh. and i'm going to argue i've been waiting all podcasts for you to be subversive off you pop <laughs> well what i'm going to, what i mean is if you're um naming a program then you've got to think how am i going to sum up my entire program in just a few words now educating essex I think, play too much on the Essex part. It's not important that it was in Essex. It's perhaps slightly important that it was a British school. But to me, it brought up images of The Only Way is Essex and perhaps some kind of game show, a bit like Beauty and the Geek, where you had to educate uh, a person from Essex and it was about stereotypes um, of Essex people. Um, so I think that's it failed absolutely. With the undateables um, and Anaspasticus, um, Anaspasticus gives you a good idea of what it's about. 
yes, it's wrong. Yes, it's very prejudiced. But it gives you the dry, this is what's it, what it's about, to a certain extent. I think with the undateables, if they called the undateables something like My First Date or something like that, it would have been truer to what the programme was about and not offended, not sort of been all over the... I agree. Well, we can, but we might have to think. My First Date could just be about younger, younger people dating. Yeah. It doesn't give you... Unfortunately, there are people in this world who do believe that disabled people are unworthy of dating. And unfortunately, in in this world, people are less likely to want to date Justin, um, who was in programme three, I think, than uh, Luke, who had Tourette's. Because mm. Luke is stereotypically, um, I hate to use the word normal, but he's uh, a well, typical looking person what we think is a what a person should look like well Whereas also with with, with luke Asian who had tanise or with the luke who had tourette's <laughs> with luke who had tanise <laughs> there's a freudian slip if i know <laughs> with luke who had tourette's the girl actually admitted <laughs> she went out with him <laughs> because it'd be funny for him to to swear i would i really liked um the guy luke in the program because yeah. I thought he was funny, interesting, and his tourists, I think, in a way, you would probably want to get the best out of someone with Tourette's without being too, I don't know, is that is that a bad thing? To no, find the funny friend of someone's disability? I don't know, I don't know anymore. I mean, there's quite a lot in a name that gives you information about the show. I, I, I mentioned to Luke earlier that I dismissed a program called New Tricks because the name of the show just didn't make me want to watch it. It didn't tell me anything about what the show was about. It didn't make me interested in it. When I actually watched the show, I realised it was quite good. Three old blokes and a woman going through cold case cases and, and solving them. And actually, yeah. that was quite interesting. But the title of the show gave me absolutely no information about it. I want to bring and I think this that's to a the other problem. I want to bring this to a close, but there's one more I want to bring up, which is the show that was on earlier in the year. Huge drama, actually. Did quite well for the BBC, and they've just announced a brand new series. Uh, but it's called Prisoner's Wives, and I think a lot of people were put off by yeah. the name of that. They had images of footballers' wives and, thing- and bad girls and things like that running through their head. When actually, if you watch Prisoner the show... Prisoner's Block H. Exactly. And it wasn't like yeah. that at all. It was a very... Uh, very interesting, funny at times, brilliant drama series, and I'm glad we get series two next year. So yeah, there is a lot to do in a name. I'm not looking. You can, if you want to, you can watch the pilot of I'm um, Spasticus, which was actually made in 2008 on YouTube. They've had so many problems with this show trying to get it um, actually commissioned, and they've now achieved it. So good on you, I suppose. Um, briefly, let's just discuss Grandma's house. Gary, you dismissed oh. watching it. The idea of watching it turned your stomach. You went angry. Uh, Tanise well, I watched the first had... of last year, and that was enough, thanks. Well, so did I, you see. And then I gave up on it, and I think Tanise did the same. And then I saw Series 2 on the previews, and I thought, well, I've got nothing else to watch. I'll give it a go. I was amazed how much I enjoyed it. Well, Tanise, what did you think? That's that. I didn't hear the last bit of what you said. I just um, said I'm amazed how much I, I enjoyed it. Yes, I, I really enjoyed it. I didn't expect to. 
um, I think it's really important that um, gay life is treated as just a very normal thing. There was no jibes about sexuality much. Just It was just an everyday thing. It was the same as if um, a heterosexual lad brought a girl of indeterminate age home and found that she was terrifyingly a bit of a pyromaniac. It was just really warm, though, and it was quite sweet in a way. The comedy wasn't too in your face. It was just like general, uh, general comedy that you might get with your family at home, and I, I thought it was just really well done. And sadly, this will be the final series, just because Simon Amstel and his writing partner want to move on to other things. So if you weren't impressed by it on Thursday, this is five episodes left, and that's it. But I was what, one of those people like Gary. I'm sorry, won't, won't, won't be writing anymore or realise it's rubbish? They won't be writing anymore, but I think you should watch no, I think, it. I don't, I don't it, think Gary. it was rubbish. No, I watched, I watched the first episode of series one. In fact, I may have even watched two episodes. And it was puerile and it was horrible. But you haven't yeah. seen this series. Is you it, can't really comment. Is it really any better? I think well, they've I think improved they... it a lot. I think they've improved it a lot. I think they got a lot of criticism. Simon Amstel's acting ability certain, certainly came up for criticism last year. And I think they've worked a long time on getting the scripts right and getting it having the right feel. And I think you should give it a, a fair go for the second time, really. All right. I, I, will, I will dig out episode one and have a look. But if it's not any good, you will hear from me in, in many ways. <laughs> Probably, probably on a later show in this series. Good, disagree with us. Yeah, we agree too much. How? We don't. We don't agree too much. Um, let's just talk. Um, oh, Tom Jones, do you want to do it? Not yet. No, I don't feel ready. Now, just now that I've now well, that, that I've sprung that, oh, it on you. Now that somebody, someone has actually responded to our earlier tweet in connection with television shows, uh, and this was a film television series show in the seventies called Fanny by Gaslight. <laughs> I'd watch that now. <laughs> Luke might watch that, so who's what is that? that? I need to know I'm more not, about that. Yeah, I know idea. I'm looking it up, so don't no, don't search on. I think. Oh yeah, good point. Yeah, good. <laughs> <laughs> no, please, we don't condone searching that sort of thing. But yeah, I think there's a lot to be said. But I mean, it must be hard to name TV shows, but I'm sure they could try harder than than these yeah. certain things. Are you ready now to do it? No, no, I, I, I need a bit more time. Uh, what we'll do, we'll talk about our homework for next And then maybe, you know, maybe after that, maybe I'll feel like I'm, I'm not ready sure to... I'm keen on homework. I did it at well, school. I've been without it for so long. Well, information I found on the internet says you didn't at school, Luke, so... Mm, fair enough. <laughs> yeah. Okay, fair enough. Uh, homework this week is a show that Denise and I both saw and tweeted about last night, and I actually watched both of them uh, that was on last week and this week. So Monday nights on BBC Two. It's called The Seventies. I know that BBC Two and obviously Channel Four and Channel Five have done lots of talking head shows about you know what it was like to live in the seventies, but this is more a historical, socio-economic review that fits in with entertainment as well. Uh, by a knowledgeable gentleman whose name escapes me at the moment. Is it Brandon something? Anyway, I should have looked that up, really, shouldn't I? You should um, do, really. And, uh, I mean, you're on a do, podcast. I know, I should do research. Uh, and homework. Uh, and it's brilliant. And if you've not seen it, it is done in a very entertaining way. It isn't done in a kind of like, and then in the 70s, life was grim. It, it, he's very entertaining, and the show is well edited and put together. So the homework next week, watch next week's episode on Monday night on BBC Two Fair and we'll enough. talk about the show and we'll tweet about it, and we will write your comments as well. 
You know what's scary is there's soon going to be a program on called The Naughties. Oh, don't. Oh. I mean, the 70s wasn't that long ago, unless I'm, I don't know where, I, I, I wasn't around in the 70s because I'm far too young and got a spring in my step, but... Uh, I, I uh, was around in the 70s, but not a lot, well, I was I was born in the 70s. Yeah. But Does Denise, what, what drew you to the 70s? Why would you watch that? Um... It was on, and um, nothing else was. And Charlotte I thought Witness it was Scott and Bailey are up against it. Yes, but I haven't been watching it. I can't really dip into that. Um, it's one of my my TV regrets that I haven't seen Scott and Bailey. I keep reading that, I'm thinking that I should get into it. But the the seventies is an era that people who are interested in politics talk about a lot, um, and I don't know anything about it because I wasn't there. So I thought it would be very interesting to find out, and I, I found out that the 70s wasn't wasn't the best time, really. It seemed a little bit rubbish. Um, music was supposed to be very good, though, the feedback was got. But there was petrol rationing, and there was electricity yeah. rationing, and it sounds like an awful time. The vision went off at 10.30. I mean, can you imagine that? That's when most people turn no. off. No. I mean, come on. And there was only three channels in those days. You know, it's but I bet there was a lot more to watch. The amount of times I through the channels and think, oh, there's nothing to watch. There's nothing much to watch. Talking of what to watch, very quickly, three new shows that are coming out next week. Uh, on the FX channel, Bracken, a French version of Luther, really kind of, not you know, kind of like that. Uh, on the Really channel, no, I've got no idea where that is either, a program called Heart of Dixie starring Rachel Bilson, who was in... What was Rachel Bilson in? The OC, and I'm annoyed I know Thank that. Thank you very much. Oh, I, I thought I knew I'd drag you into it somehow. And then, uh, and then the American version of The Killing returns on Channel 4 on Wednesday night at 10 o'clock as well. It's and also, of course, we spoke at the top of the show about Louis Theroux. His next documentary is about dementia, and you can catch that on Thursday. And that sort of brings us to a close. This is right. the Custard TV so, so Podcast. You've you the impression now, you? Well, I do sort of want to go out on the impression, yeah. How, how much time do we have left? I mean, I want to well, make let's sure do the email. Let's do the emails, and we'll do, do it. Do the emails in the pl- yeah, yeah. Luke and the yeah, custard yeah, okay, at gmail.com. Yeah, yeah. That's my email address. Tanise, you can get in Twitter. You can get in Twitter. You can get go on, on get it. Go on. We're um, running out of time. Tanise underscore. And the Gary show. The, the underscore Gary underscore show. Right, we have 20 seconds. That's just enough time for me to say thank you very much for spending 45 minutes in our company back next week from 8 in the UK. And to finish us, Gary does his Tom Jones impression. Tom Jones from The Voice live on the Custom TV Live. Well, here we go. It's time now. Yep. Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car, before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.